We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome to the Sooner Sports Podcast, presented by Riverwind and Allstate. Now, here's your host, Chris Plank. All right, welcome into the game plan. We do this every single Tuesday with Toby Rowland. I'm Chris Plank. I'm actually on campus, T-Row. I'm sitting here in the Sooner Vision studios. We're getting set to tape our uh, latest edition of Spotlight. I hear rumors that a softball schedule release could be coming later this afternoon. And you actually, Ooh. yeah, the breaking news here on the Sooner Sports Podcast. And you actually spent part of your day getting ready for baseball. So Diamond Sports taking center stage here. How about that? It is hard to believe with uh, the weather what it is outside right now. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. But we are, gosh, we're a week and a half away from the start of baseball. Wow. And uh, I guess we don't know exactly how far we are away. Two days. From the start of softball. Two days, okay. Don't tell anyone. Breaking news. Are we leaking information? (laughs) No, it's Um, coming this weekend. But, yeah, it's it's great. Uh, I can't wait. Uh, We were on a call with Skip. Uh, and the and the broadcasters, uh, Chris Plant. I mean, uh, sorry, that's you. That's me. Chad McKee, who uh, does a lot of TV for us, and George Frazier, our color analyst on the TV broadcast, and and Skip kind of goes through his team and gets us all educated up on what to expect this year. We do this before every season, and uh, it's food for the soul, Chris. I mean, I'm just <laughs> I can't. I'm ta- we're talking pitchers. We're talking. Uh, Righty lefty matchups. We're talking uh, middle of the rotation setup guys, closer, you know, all that kind of stuff. I just can't, I can't get, I love baseball and it's been forever since I've been around OU baseball. So I'm excited about this team. I think, I think they're going to be uh, really good. I think it's the best and deepest lineup that they've had, um, you know, hitting lineup that they've had in several years. Probably. Probably since the Steel Walker Kyler Murray uh, oh, wow. team, 
and and the the pitching's kind of got to be rebuilt. You know, they lost the whole rotation to the baseball draft last year, uh, but he's got talented arms, and that's what Skip does. He crafts talented arms, and I'm exce- I'm excited to see who emerges. I mean, you know, there are there's a collection of returning guys like Wyatt Olds and Legend Smith and Jason Ruffcorn have been around for a while. There's some uh, transfers that are coming in that I think are going to factor in both to the rotation and the bullpen right away. And there's some new guys, uh, some freshmen that that are also going to get a chance. So it's going to be a lot of fun to watch Skip kind of go to work on this pitching staff and see what he can make them into. But they get started next Friday. Yeah, it's going to be uh, it's going to be fun. I, I know that it's it's kind of hard to think whenever we won't reach. Uh, what, the 30s for a while here in the Norman OKC area. But uh, Diamond Sports are here, and I can't wait for everyone to see the schedule. We're actually getting ready to travel tomorrow for softball. That's, I, I feel pretty comfortable saying that. And it's here. It's here. It's going to be fun. Softball, by the way. They've been using the – I'm sorry. Go ahead, Chris. I was going to say, I can't wait for you to see this team. I can't wait for you to see this team. Yeah. This, to me, you're talking about how, uh, how loaded – that you feel like offensively Oklahoma baseball is. Oklahoma softball is so loaded. I mean, it's there's going to be battles every single day for for starting spots. And, I, and I'm here for it. I can't wait to see it. I muted myself. I'm sorry. That's my bad. <laughs> I got you mid-bite. I'm sorry. You expected me to go longer. Usually when I talk softball, I talk for like 20 minutes, so I apologize for that. Me. On, yeah, I, I said – Chris started talking softball. I I'm out. myself to take a bite. Um, I assume softball's been doing the same thing, but but baseball is going to use it has used the Everest indoor facility. Yeah. To you know work on some things. Skip said the uh, thing we got to be careful of is uh, no fly balls because you can't risk uh, tearing any of the national championship uh, Big Twelve championship <laughs> banners that Lincoln has over there. So just like ground balls and base work and things, and he he said he's going to go ask Lincoln if he if he will let him paint the walls in there green, <laughs> so they can so they can see the baseball better. He said the the walls are all white and the baseball's white, and and they're throwing really hard in there. And he's like, oh, we're having a hard time seeing the baseball, so I'm going to see if Lincoln will let me paint the walls. But you know what's fascinating we'll about that? And uh, quick little rant here, Toby. If you need to uh, grab a bite, that's. <laughs> That's one of my, and I hate to say favorite storylines, but to me that's always one of the most unique storylines is when you have teams, and Oklahoma baseball has done this, uh, gosh, a couple years ago. um, I want to say like Penn or someone came down and played here. You have these teams, Albany maybe, you have these teams that come from the Northeast and when they play a series, now of course this week's weather notwithstanding, I think Oklahoma had this with Dartmouth a couple years ago. They haven't even practiced outside, and they haven't been able to play outside because the weather is so bad where they are that when they right. come to, to Norman in this area, T-Row, they're outside, and for them it's, it's maybe one of uh, two or three times they've actually been outside and able to play in the elements. So it's kind of fascinating to see that role reversed a little bit here with what we've been dealing right. with over the last couple of days. No, Columbia, was Columbia. A, came That's down it. here for a series. Uh, their, their campus is in Manhattan, Whew. and they hadn't been outside. And I think maybe Boston College, when they came to town, was kind of a similar scenario. 
Um, but yeah, nobody, nobody in these parts getting outside right now. So we'll see. Uh, it, it's probably going to be a little, I mean, I can only speak to baseball, but I would imagine the same for softball. It's probably going to be a little ragged early in the year um, because of this, because of the weather not allowing them to get outside as much as they'd like. And because just everything since, you know, last March has been so out of sorts, off kilter, you know, the normal routine of yep. when you get work in, uh, some guys can play summer ball, some can't, um, how you normally work out, how you normally train, uh, everything has been has been thrown off. So I wouldn't be surprised at all if you don't see the first two, three weeks or a month of the season, we see maybe more errors than you normally see, you know, things like that for the diamond sports. Yeah, you know what I found interesting and I don't and and again, we've got the the softball schedule release pod like we did with baseball. Toby sat down with Skip. Uh, I'm gonna sit down with Patty. One one thing though that I'll be curious and I don't know how much you guys went in depth on this but you're going to end up in situations with diamond sports like we've had with basketball and like we have with football. Games are going to get postponed and canceled. Um, maybe there's going to be programs that have to shut down for a couple of weeks. You hope maybe with larger roster numbers it might not be as as often as we've seen, unfortunately, in college basketball. And, and I know this is February, so this is probably more of a, of a late May, uh, early June conversation, maybe even earlier than that in softball since they kind of have May Madness. I can't help but wonder how the selection committee and those who are putting together the postseason, how they'll view, you know, number of games played. How, you know, for teams, I'll say this much, having had an opportunity to kind of get an idea of what the softball schedule is going to look like, it's going to be tough to get RPI numbers because they're not able, nor, nor yeah. have they been able to get out to California and play some of the games, will they be able to, that they have in the past. So I'm going to be very interested, T-Row, to see, what our March Madness conversation looks like for basketball, what that kind of carries over into diamond sports and how this season is viewed in the eyes of the decision makers. Yeah, that's a good point. It's a, uh, that's a great point. Really. I, my hunch is, (coughs) excuse me. My hunch is that we won't see as many games completely wiped out or series wiped out as maybe in basketball, football, just because the rosters are, are big enough that you can absorb, you know, more, you can absorb more, right? We'll, we'll have some, but not as many, but you're going to need more versatility than you've needed in the past on your team. Right. You know, start, guys in the bullpen that are going to be forced into starting roles. Uh, maybe you lose a couple of outfielders. So a, your a second baseman's going to need to be able to go play left field or, or vice versa. So those guys that are multi-position guys, versatile guys, are going to be extremely valuable this year when it comes to missing, you know, three or four guys for a series or or more than that, perhaps. Um, but we'll see. I mean, we'll see how it plays out. Hopefully, you know, I mean, we're, we've all got our fingers crossed that this vaccine can continue to blow out there and things get better and better. The weather starts to warm up. Maybe maybe by the time we get set for Oklahoma City and Omaha, we're in a much better place. I hope you're right. Um, well, we're getting set for March Madness. And, boy, uh, rough week with Baylor having to shut down. And, in fact, this looks like it's going to carry over. They've had to cancel, postpone a couple more games. I heard on your radio show, I don't know if it was a, a caller, but you guys were talking about Baylor and how are they going to make these games up. 
Meanwhile, for Oklahoma, you know, after that tough loss to Texas Tech, Iowa State finally 100%, and, and they, they gave us a whale of a game. I had, what, 16 three-pointers that they hit. Uh, but the Sooners got a win, and Austin Reeves looked good after missing a couple of games with contact tracing. I hated that we didn't get that game this week, but this is a big one this weekend against West Virginia, and we're looking at a four-seed right now, according to Joe Lenardi. Let's go. Yeah, the big one, second and third place right now in the conference. Uh, West Virginia's in second, uh, just percentage points ahead of OU and in third place. OU's played West Virginia well the last couple of years. Yep. You know, they swept them last year. They they beat them in Morgantown. They got them earlier this year in Norman in a very close game. But West Virginia is, um, you know, they lost Oscar Shibway right before that first OU game. Their big man decided to leave school. And at the time, you thought, well, that's going to be a massive blow. But I think it's turned out to be a blessing in disguise because they've revamped themselves into a four-out, one-in offense, big Derek Culver in the middle, and they've surrounded him with a bunch of guys um, that can really shoot. But Bride is a fantastic shooter, and, and they've done a great job uh, – the last few weeks and work their way up into second place in the big 12. So this is going to be a battle. It always is. When you go to West Virginia, they're going to hack you and foul you. And you just hope they can call half of what happens out there. And you got to be tougher than them. But Oklahoma's back healthy again. They should have Alondis Williams. If, uh, if everything goes well in testing this week, I think they'll be back at full strength. And Brady Manick looked as sharp as he has in maybe a month. <clears throat> in that Iowa state game. Um, so we'll see. I think they're, uh, I think they're ready to roll here for the, for the stretch drive. Uh, you mentioned the uh, bracketology pretty much across the board, net rankings, all the different bracketologies, including Lenardi with ESPN has them in the four seed range. And uh, you know, there's time to go, but they're, they put themselves with all of these highly ranked wins in January, they put themselves in a great spot. And if they can close strong here and actually be, you know, the two, three seed in the big 12 tournament, two, three, four, one at somewhere in that range, as tough as this conference is this year, then they're going to be looking at a really good seed for the NCAA tournament. And I think they've got the kind of team that can make a run. You know, they got excellent guard play. They they are <clears throat> fantastic defensively. They've got multiple explosive weapons that are capable in any, you know, any game of going for 25 or 30 points and already have this year. So they can get to the NCAA tournament with a good seed, then, then maybe they could make something fun happen. Toby, final thought. As we say adios to each other, we're going to welcome in Elijah Harkless to the podcast. Had a chance to sit down with him on Monday evening. Boy, what a difference maker he's become in a year when he wasn't really expecting to play. He came in with the full intention of redshirting. And, boy, let's see, glue guy, spark plug, lunch pail, you know, all these different phrases you can use to describe him. But he's he's been a difference maker is what he's been. I call him the X Factor, and um, it's it's really the the story of the year. Um, there's a lot of good ones. Austin Reeves is working on a historic season. Um, 
there's several great storylines on this team, Emoja Gibson. But I think the biggest is Elijah Harkless. And you mentioned he kind of came out of nowhere, wasn't expecting to play. I wasn't expecting to play. I'm not sure Lon Kruger was expecting him to play until the, the kind of the rules changed there. And they granted the across-the-board waiver to everyone. <clears throat> and even at that point, I mean, my assumption was this will be a guy that comes off the bench and is uh, helps your depth a little bit. But won't won't play a big role, right? And boy, he can't have played a bigger role than he has. He's one of the best on-ball defenders we've had around here in a long time. He um, hustles like crazy, dives for loose balls, creates turnovers, is tough as nails on the boards. Always seems to get the big rebounds late in games, and he's scoring more and more every time out. And, uh, you know, he, what do you have, 19, 18, 19 <laughs> against Iowa State? Yeah. And, and, and Lon's gone to him in late-game situations to get big buckets. He did it against Alabama. He did it against Iowa State. And that's saying something because you've got yep. some guys that can really score on this team. And to run plays for Elijah Harkless when it matters most tells you how Lon Kruger feels about him. So he's a great story. I can't wait to hear your interview. I'm sure you talked about his uh, path here, which yep. is fascinating and unique. And I don't know if there's a basketball player who has ever played for more polar opposite coaches <laughs> than Elijah Harkless. So this this should be a fun interview. Yeah, and let's not forget when he was at CSUN, when he when he was at Northridge, his two assistant coaches were Jim Herrick, the that, yeah that Jim Herrick from UCLA, and what Mo Gibson, who just retired from the NBA. So hope you guys enjoy it here sooner. Stand out, Elijah Harkless. Toby, have a great rest of your day, man. All right, see you, Chris. Uh, you know, just just my teammates and coaches believing in me. Um, you know, I kind of had a slow start coming out, um, but you know, just believing in me every day. Um, and I think that's the biggest key. I'm curious because I've been on the CSUN campus. It's awesome. Uh, when did you first hear about Oklahoma? When was the first thing you heard about Norman and possibly even playing basketball here? Ah, uh, playing basketball here, that was, I don't know, about a month into the pandemic. Right, right. But um, when did you yeah, first hear about OU? Um, yeah, just like a month into the pandemic. <laughs> I never, I heard about, you know, obviously their run to the Final Four. You know, Buddy had an unbelievable year. But I wasn't – I'm in the West Coast. I don't really think too much of it, you know. Um, it's like, I didn't know – I didn't even know enough, like, to know that he was number 24. Like, <laughs> I, I, I didn't know. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. coming in, I kind of I just picked a number um, that was valuable to me. But I didn't – if I would have known it was his number, I wouldn't have picked it. But, yeah, I didn't even know that. So, kind of just when I got here, really, when they recruited me, it was when I first thought about OU. So, so here's what's wild about it. One of the guys that was on that CSUN staff, his sister actually played softball and won two national championships at Oklahoma. So I started following CSUN. I saw what you were doing. Dude, that's a wild coaching staff there, right? What was it like to have a dude? Uh, Jim Herrick won a national championship, Man. and he's an assistant. So that had to be pretty wild. Man, Man it's an incredible amount of knowledge in that coaching staff there. We had Mo Williams fresh out of the NBA. Yeah. Um, we had Jeff Dunlap fresh off of a Canadian um, – championship we had jim herrick national champion um who's good friends with uh coach long kruger uh, we have mark godfrey who had an unbelievable run alabama 
um, you know, who Mo Williams played for. So it's like, yeah, it was a lot of knowledge there for sure. So how cool was it whenever you had made the decision that, hey, I want to play for Power 5 school, I want to give it an opportunity? I mean, I know everyone wants you to play for them, but they, they supported you, did they not, in making this move? Uh, they definitely did. Uh, they cool. knew my – they definitely did. They definitely did. I think – I didn't think my my goal was to go Power 5. I just think I kind of wanted a fresh start. Um, but it just happened to be at a Power 5 conference. How cool is it for you now? And I, and I don't know how nostalgic you get. You're still pretty young. But to think about the offers that were there coming out of high school, to see, Elijah, how different it was to the offers that were there after a couple of years at Northridge, how, how cool was that for you? I think it was unbelievably cool. Um, you know, to feel wanted. Um, I think I was just because you know where I grew up, how I grew up, and how I play the game. You know, it's not like the the camp thing. You know, you don't get all the publicity through the camp. So you know, I was kind of under recruited. Um, but the people who knew my game, they all thought I was high major. They all thought I was capable of playing any conference in college. Um, it just took a couple years for everybody, I guess, to for me to fill out and everybody to realize that. Glue guy, um, team leader. I mean, all these words. I mean, you you really, to me, are a guy that brings everything together. How would Elijah Harkless describe his game? Just a winner. You know, do anything to want to win. Um, anything that takes the team to win that night, um, you know, I'll do, I'll do to the best of my ability. Um, you know, put guys in the right spot, hopefully, you know, so we can succeed. You know, that's the ultimate goal is win every game. You know, obviously everyone's kind of getting to know your background and your relationship with the Ball brothers. I mean, how much – how cool is that to see where they were and knowing all that hype and kind of how they're handling it right now? You still follow and stay in touch with them? Yeah, I definitely stay in touch with them. Uh, you know, i kind of seen it from a young age on how they handled their exposure because they were getting it – you know, Melo was getting it at 14. <laughs> Lonzo was getting it at 16, you know what I'm saying, the national – um, type of publicity. Um, so you know, just to see how they handled it. I kind of took a lot of pages out of their book, um, and I and I kind of seen what it was to work hard uh, with how they worked every single day. Um, so I kind of seen what it took to be good, and um, you know, so I learned a lot from them. I, I feel like that's the one thing. I'm a big NBA fan. I'm a big Lakers fan. So obviously, Lonzo being there, I had a chance to get to follow him a little bit closer. I think Elijah, Elijah, that's the one big misnomer is people don't really understand how hard they work because LeVar's LeBar, yeah. bombastic and loud, but, man, they grind. They love Yeah, they put, they put the work in. Like, LeVar, is a, he's a character. You know, he rags on his kids, but he knows the work that they put in, running the hills every single day, putting up the shots every day. You know what I'm saying? So right. they were doing it since a young age. He's seen it coming. So, you know what I'm saying? He's been planning on that for, like he said, 20 years, you know, since Lonzo was born. Um, you know, he's been having that vision, and for him to complete that is unbelievable. Uh, you, you know what? I, I've got to know more about this year for you. When when was that moment? Because as the story goes, you were pretty cool with maybe just redshirting this year. Uh, is that true? And when was that moment where you're like, no, 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 I'm playing, let's go? I definitely – I mean, you know, the rules with transferring, you know, in college, it's a 1% chance that they'll let you – allow you to play mm-hmm. um, after transferring. So, I, you know, we were recru- I was recruited – you know, two red shirt, you know what I'm saying? So that's what a mentality I came into with the pandemic opened that up. And, you know, the coaches felt strongly about me coming out of my red shirt to play this year and helping the team. Um, so, you know, I just believed in the coaches um, and their, their vision. I hear a lot of this because, Elijah, in a, I, I do sidelines for football and I, I do play-by-play for softball. And then in this podcast, we get to talk to a lot of y'all, if you will. And 
the, the constant theme is just the challenge. Always testing, always having the things that were fun about being a student athlete. There, there's no team dinners. There's no going out. How tough has that been to manage? How hard has that made this year knowing that, you know, the, the fun life – I mean, you love basketball, so you love being on the court, but the fun outside of the court, it's, it's just not there, is it? Yeah, I, you know, I'm kind of an odd person to ask, <laughs> honestly. Like, I'm not big on that. Uh, I'm kind of, like, keep, keep, keep to myself or I keep like my that. circle small. Uh, I, like, I like video games. Like, that's my thing. Um, I'd rather play video games than go out. So it's not like, you know, I, I was missing that part of, of life, of going out, like how – I see like Campus Corner and, right. you know, people love that. Uh, we didn't have that at CSUN, so I didn't really know. I've heard about it, but I've never really known and I never really liked, you know, to, to go out a lot. So I, I think that part, you know, it wasn't too hard for me. Um, the only thing that I don't like about, you know, the pandemic really is the the opportunity that we have to get in the gym every day. Some, some games, you know, you may feel unprepared because you can't get in the gym as much because shoot on your own because due to COVID protocols and stuff like that. I got to know what game. I mean, I, I'm a Madden addict right now, and I'm so horrible at it that I just, like, play the same season over and over. Are you, like, an NBA 2K guy? What's your What's your game? Growing up, I've been 2K, okay. um, but, um, you know, I play a lot of my part, but now it's been Call of Duty, a uh, new game mode called Warzone. You know, I love that game. Nice, man. All right, a couple more, and I'll let you get out of here. Um, was was there a, for you a, a moment? Maybe it was at CSUN where you're like, okay, damn, I belong here. This is this is what I was. This is where I was meant to be to to be on the court playing against the best in college basketball. Did you did you have an aha moment or had that moment happen for you at any point? Of uh, what believing that I should play where a- anywhere uh, at at the next level, believing that you could play at the highest level of college basketball. I think I, I think I've always believed that. Me and you know my 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 camp or my people, you know, in my corner, we've always believed that. We just felt like I didn't have the proper opportunity because, um, you know, I just didn't have a proper opportunity. It's tough, man. It, it, it's tough. And then, you know, the second part of it, of that is where are you? You seem like you love basketball, dude. Watching you play, you just seem like you love being out there. So where are you wanting to improve? Where does where does Elijah Harkless want to see his game continue to improve? Just everything. You know, I can improve everything in my game. Um, I think first it starts off with just not – just valuing every possession. Um, once I value every possession and play everyone, like, you know, it's really the last one and it could, you know, determine the game. I think once I, once I do that, everything will take care of itself. Uh, who's your team growing up? You an NBA fan? Yeah, I'm an NBA fan. I'm more of a player guy, but yeah, I'm an NBA fan. Gotta know, which guy? You a LeBron guy? Uh, for sure. It's either LeBron or Westbrook, um, or Ray John Rondo, young Ray John Rondo, so. I tell you what, LeBron's sneaky good defense. Oh, I'm sorry, Gilbert Arenas too. That was my guy too. Never gets the res- <laughs> hey, never gets the respect he deserves as a scorer, does he? They never that never, dude could score ever, from everywhere. Ever, oh, ever. he was unbelievable. Oh, all right, hey, listen, I'm sorry, I'm getting off track here. Final thought. I'll let you go. <laughs> I'll let you go on this, man. Uh, this Oklahoma Sooner team, kind of give me an idea of of how you feel about where this team is now. As we talk, sitting third in the Big Twelve, just outside of the top ten, has had some big wins. Get a week off with the issues at Baylor, but West Virginia coming up on Saturday. Elijah, how do you feel about where this team is right now? I feel great. You know, we kind of um, kind of split. You know, we could have won both without, you know, two starters and two leaders in our locker room uh, due to COVID. Um, you know, we kind of old Texas Tech one. You know, they kind of got us at home. But um, I think we're doing pretty good. You know, we're improving every single game. 
Uh, Iowa State had, you know, their first time they've been full strength and they played us. They played us very well. They challenged us. We learned a lot from that game. Uh, you know, we keep getting better every single practice. So I think we're in a good in a good start in a good starting spot right now to keep improving every day. I really enjoyed talking to you, uh, Elijah, man. I appreciate you finding time for me. I know it's a grind, but good luck the rest of the way, and hopefully we'll be able to do this again, man. Thank you so much. All right, man. Thanks for having me. All right. I'll talk to you soon. See you, Jay. All right. Later. So thanks for hanging out with us on the Sooner Sports Podcast. Thanks to Elijah Harkless. Leave a five-star review. Tell a friend. Subscribe at Soonersports.com slash podcast. And we'll see you back here tomorrow on the Sooner Sports Podcast. Boomer Sooner, everybody. This has been the Sooner Sports Podcast. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Riverwind, home to a luxury hotel, fine dining, and never-ending rewards. Riverwind is still the one. And Allstate, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review however you listen. The preceding has been a Learfield IMG College presentation of the Sooner Sports Network.